good people. This Reg. It's dope. And I'm back here with my Biden Bucks kicking back. I've decided to retire at a ripe young age. He's giving out all this free cash. I've decided never to work a day in my life, you know. Bringing out American comedy. American comedy. American comedy. American economy. <clears throat> Basically, I've seen that, you know, nobody else is working, at least according to, according to my conservative friends. So I've decided to lay back and enjoy the 20 grand or so I've been getting, because apparently that's very livable in the American economy. Um, right now, buying up all the where as I possibly can, the general dollar. I am kicking back, drinking high sea, living the finest, you know, because America, apparently America is a welfare state. <laughs> no, the reason why I bring it up is because I've had people like that, that nonsense has been hit my feet and somebody actually mentioned it to me because I have a homegirl in Florida who's like, well, they aren't working because they're getting too much money. I'm like, too much money? Bitch, that's just fucking pennies. <laughs> Like, like you can't, like, well, how much money are we really giving? This is America. America gives out nothing for free. Nothing. You have to pay taxes on that money. Yeah, it's, 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 it's almost beautiful. It, it's capitalismness. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's a perfect circle. It's just, it's like everything has to get, yeah. But anyway, it's been, it's been a rough week. It's been a bad week for hip hop. Um, Rest in peace to Black Rob. Rest in peace to Shock G. Um, man. I mean, uh, you've seen a lot about the Black Rob. It's it's kind of a sad story. I remember I was watching Drink Champs. I can't remember which episode, but it was one in last year or so. Um, where Nori was basically like, "Yo, we need to have like a unit in hip hop. We need to have like to support the elders, cause yada yada yada." And we kind of do. It, it's kind of a little bit unfortunate where like you know once that revenue stream dries up and you are on hot, you know it's easy to fall through the cracks. And I know a lot of people were kind of going at Puff Daddy particularly because they're like, well, he was a bad boy and yada, yada, yada. And let's be honest, Puff Daddy actually has a history of kind of keeping them checks. I think it's just in general. It's, it's the idea of where Black Rob had a solid album and one huge single, but from like like decades ago. Like like yeah. nobody's really, you know, like, 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 whoa, again, it's a classic, but it's not a classic like BBD Poison. It's not like you're going to eat off that for the rest of your life. And I think it's a little unfortunate where, like, you know, you've got these guys who've had, who have hot careers who are able to kind of make this music and tour for X amount. But after all that hard work, because it's hard work, you're, you're in the studio, you know, these aren't like fucking 40 hours. These are like 100-hour weeks. You know, when you kind of age out as an artist, that's about it. You just kind of, you have to fend for yourself. Particularly when during those years, you aren't really doing things kind of build longevity as far as long-term income streams. So like, you know, you could rap and also be, you know, when you're a young rapper out there doing what you have to do, it's not like you're doing that and working on your NBA. I mean, you can, there's probably some rappers out there doing it, but I think we kind of want our artists to kind of remain artists and we kind of have to have a space there where they could be artists. You know, I think it's a little bit unfortunate where you look at other countries like Canada, you know, where they literally pay you to kind of be like, here's a space, this is what you do. We respect the fact that we need this art. This is what makes society, you know, what makes society worth living will help subsidize you. You know, America's not that way. America's fuck you pay me. And it kind of sucks that, you know, at least in Black Rob's case, it looks like if there was some kind of cash there, he could have lived a longer life. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. And, you know, I, I, I see why people would go at Puffy just because Puffy is, you know, multimillionaire. I'm sure Puffy can write some checks and it wouldn't be a dent in his bank account and pay for Black Rob's like healthcare. 
Um, you know, and, and Black Rob's been through like a lot in terms of just in and out of prison, things like that. Um, and the health issues have, have kind of been a thing for a while. But um, yeah, you know, I, I unless like a company is forced to give like health care or any type of whatever, um, they're not going to do it. Right. Like Puffy doesn't have to do anything. Um, they had a contractual agreement and that contract probably ceased like 20 years ago. Right. Um, and I, I understand it's this weird line, right. Especially when you have like a, uh, a record label, like uh, a bad boy or good music. And it's just like, yo, I'm going to have my friends and my homies, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to get like all my peoples together. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just a business. And, uh, uh, basically, uh, you, if you, if you're an artist, you're basically a contractor and in America, you contractors don't get healthcare to just bottom line, you know? And, and I, I think that the fight should be around, um, how can we get healthcare? Obviously we want universal healthcare, but I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, if you're an artist or musician, how can, you know, how can you get healthcare? How can there be a union? Um, you know, people on, on Twitter after Black Rob was, died, like said, like, you know, the actors union, the writers union, like they all have unions, like SAG and like things like that, right? Where I, I think as long as you're active, I think as long as you're like contributing, you get healthcare. Um, none of that exists for music right now. Um, and I think that that's, you know, that's probably where we should start throwing our anger towards, um, as opposed to, to, to maybe Puffy. Um, although, you know, I, I guess Puffy was like, it was too little, too late. You know, Puffy was like, at the end was like, yo, I got you. But by that time, <laughs> like, you know, the, the, the shit was written, you know, I know there's a GoFundMe out there. I guess Puffy, I think is paying for the funeral expenses, which is another thing they don't tell you about. Like your funeral expenses are like eight G's, eight to ten G's, Bruh, you know. I, I, I was joking about in the beginning, but one of the most depressing things I, I, I faced. So my grandmother died, which is always sad, years ago. But I remember going there, and I remember how immediately you kind of walk in, and don't get me wrong, it's respectful, but it's also respectful car salesman shit. Jeff Yo, it's crazy. Whereas it's, it's crazy. like, hey, you want this casket? This casket will cost you this much, but you loved your grandmother, right? So you really want this casket. And look, we could kind of put her in there, throw her in, you know, her dead bones in there. But you want to have a little bit of something else. We have this other package for you. And it's just like, what the fuck? And it's like you show up and you're grieving and immediately you fall into the prices right. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And same same thing with my grandmother. And, and it's crazy. I mean, like, this is a little tangent. My grandmother, like, picked out her casket <laughs> and her dress and shit. You know, so it made it a little bit easier. But it, but same thing. Like, they're they're literally trying to upsell you. Uh, which is which is crazy. It is is super crazy. Um, and you know we have these musicians, and we'll we'll talk about Shock Chi, but it's like, you know, you're talking about people who are getting older, and these these are people who are, um, you know, like the the OG hip hop generation. They're all in their fifties and sixties. Um, they're all most likely having health problems, like things like that. Um, unfortunately, we're going to see a lot more of these um, things happen. Um, and it's really sad because I do think, you know, say like Puffy doesn't just like write checks to anybody, but I do think there's probably an opportunity for these labels to kind of create some type of fund or, or whatever to pay for healthcare, um, or if people are sick or if people whatever, um, you know, so the, we don't have to wait till it's too late. Um, 
I, I just kind of feel like that that's kind of the missing key uh, with music and musicians. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just really sad to kind of see somebody, um, you know, in, in their fifties, um, who was struggling, you know, so. Yeah, no, it, it's something where it's, like I said, it's, it's, it's easy to kind of paint Puffy as a, as the villain and don't get me wrong. There, there might be issues there, but ultimately it's a systemic problem. You know, Puffy doesn't really have, you know, so if Puffy was able to save Black Rob, that doesn't mean he can't save, like, you know, that there's been a lot of other MCs who have had issues who didn't have really have a chance. I'm trying to think of, the, and, I, and I feel so bad, it can't pop in my head, the member of the Gravediggers, who um, also had health issues a couple of years ago, who also passed because of just basically there isn't really that kind of support for our older rappers. Um, but yeah, no, it, it kind of sucks. And, and uh, I guess it kind of bleeds into Shock Chi, where I don't know the specifics, nobody really knows, but like, and like you pointed out, it's the idea of where a lot of these dudes are kind of dying before the times, and it makes you wonder that, you know, it's, we, as we all know, you know, life expectancy of African Americans in America is much lower than white folks. You just kind of want to have to see, you know, I, I want it, I want to see, like, long story short, man, I, I want to see the biggest review of old rappers. You know what I'm saying? I want to be able to show up there, you know what I'm saying, chill out, you know, get my little tan on, and go see fucking, like, the best of bad boy and the fucking, you know, in a fucking casino somewhere. That's actually not a bad idea. I'd be yeah. down for that. Oh, you know, like, and and I think it's right. And I think it's something where it's, it's there's an audience for that. Like, that's just weird where it's just like, even in a capitalistic society, I see the lines and it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way, period. Fuck that. But like I said, there's, 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 like, there's no reason why we should throw away this. It's like, if we have to think about it in capitalistic terms, like you, these guys are creators. These guys did a lot of things. There's no reason we should throw them to the curb just because, you know, we feel like they got too old. So, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, it's so funny. Well, it's not funny, but it's just like somebody like posted on Twitter or, or IG, you know, if Tupac and Biggie were still alive, they're around the same age. They probably would have got caught by high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes. <laughs> yeah. You know? Which is kind of crazy when you think about it, right? It's kind of crazy when you think about it. Like, um, you know, you've evaded all the bullets in the world, but then you, like, diabetes gets you or COVID yeah. gets you, you know? Um, yeah, that was like a really, like, I saw that. I was like, oh shit, like that, that, like, that was really thoughtful. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, at the end of the day, it's, it's, you know, and, and it seems like with Shock G, um, it seems like this was like a natural cause of saying, not really sure if it's coronavirus or if it was some like other element. Um, same with like MF Doom. Like, I think, I think we, they narrowed it down to it's like natural causes, but there's never like a, hey, it was this, this, or this. Um, but I mean, I, you know, it's just, it's kind of crazy. It's, you know, the shock to you, like, I, I wouldn't say it was shocking after seeing like MF Doom, DMX, and Black Rob. Um, but it, it was just kind of like a, oh, this is, this is a, this is a, a real, um, problem, you know, that we have to really kind of start looking into and, 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 and really kind of like looking at these rappers who are like, you know, forties, fifties, sixties and making sure they got the, the best health care, making sure they're, <laughs> you know, getting the best, best mental health care, um, as well. Yes. That's very important. Yep. Um, absolutely. 
Yeah, it's it, it's it's crazy to think and look at at, at, at like the toll in the, in the past like four months. So, um, but yeah, Chuck Chuck G. Um, I mean, Digital Underground I think was like really game changing in a lot of ways. Um, and I don't know. It's just you know I I, I think. I will say, and this is just me being like truthful, Chuck G was a rapper that I feel like I didn't really, it wasn't, what am I trying to say here? I'm just basically trying to say that um, I, I, I really need to go back to that, that, that discography. Cause like it was, a, it was a little bit, you know, I, I just, um, wasn't as big of a fan of Digital Underground, but I I know the impact that he had, um, especially working with Tupac and like things like that. Um, you know, um, but either way, I mean, he he's he's a pretty much a force in hip hop, and also to I feel like probably underrated rapper, writer, showman, you know, whatever in hip hop as well. Oh, yeah, no, it's something where I could easily say, like, Sex Packets, that first is an underground album, is a big part of my musical identity. Because um, think about it. So it's, 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 it's what's kind of crazy about, like, that, that era was the fact of where things were, weren't necessarily set into stone. So you've got these West Coast rappers that come out that, you know, they're doing this sound that's almost because you know by that time, and I'll, I'll say this much: like it, it, samples were a little easier, and even though you had a lot of these little very musical choices, it was kind of fascinating to kind of see these dudes pretty much before Dr. Dre kind of mind funk, kind of yeah. mind Parliament, kind of mind Jimi Hendrix, and he's really fat sounding, big sounding songs on top of the fact of where you've got somebody who's doing double duty as two, uh, basically two main members of the hip hop crew on top of the fact of where he himself is a dope musician on top of the fact there's a lot of meta shit happening. So it was just like, I remember like being a little kid and it's like fucking, first of all, what blew my mind was sex packets. And I was like, Whoa, sex. Cause you know, I'm a little kid. <laughs> But even then, what was kind of funny was the fact of it was very meta. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, we're going to have a song about fucking, you know, about fucking. It was like, oh, no, there's this drug that you that you buy that the government made. And like, like they basically made like a little fucking like a concept album. Like and like, think about yeah. that. A concept album about experimental sex drugs in fucking the 90s in hip hop. That's insane. Yeah. And. Because the thing is, actually, I had to, because I used to love that record so much. You know, you, you after a while, as young kids are apt to do, you know, I grew up with a little more hardcore shits. And I was like, all right, you know, besides, you know, Kiss Me Back, I kind of fell away from being my, my fandom. But listen to it. There's a lot of fucking things that they kind of laid down that you, you really haven't really, or I can't say really haven't heard since, but people bit. Like, you know, the alternate persona being that clued into it, that's yeah. definitely MF Doom. Like I said, the fucking rating the fucking shit out of fucking funk records, that's basically, you know, G-Funk straight through, like five years of West Coast hip hop. The idea of fucking just having like a concept record about having like, you know, this and that, this, this, this over, this, this arc 
of a hip hop concept album that isn't necessarily focused on the normal themes of let's say America and capitalism, just some silly ass shit. They did it first. Even funny stuff where like on a fucking do what you like on the fucking record. So fucking the song is like nine minutes long. Because they literally they're 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 rapping, it's the single. There's a part where a voice comes in and it's like, all right, cool. This is the end of the radio edit. It fades out and it goes right back in. They continue rapping for the fucking six minutes. Yeah. There was a lot of fucking imagination there. And it kind of reminds me a lot of like Tropical Quest, Far Side, Native Tongues, where it's like it's everything is wide open. There are no rules. And he was, like I said, they had a lot. And like I said, it still works now. So it's very shocking just how much fucking on point they were. And like like, like, like me, like I kind of mentioned also, I'm kind of disappointed in the fact of where I haven't kept up, kept up with him the way I should have. Because even back then, I know he was fucking, like I said, I used to love that fucking tape because I, I saw what was special about it. Hey, you know, we grew up, you know, and I'm listening to more shit like Fred Man and Wu-Tang and yada, yada, yada. And who cares about this guy with a fake nose? But it's, it's crazy. And, we were just discussing before, like I saw that there's a point where they had a remix album and there's a there's a is an issue where, you know, as as rap songs tend to do from back in the days, like almost it kinda collapsed into a skit. Yeah. And it's Shachi and fucking Humpty Hump arguing, but actively arguing with each other and not badly edited. It's very much like they're, they're stammering, they're interrupting each other's sentences. And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, you've got this guy who probably again, throw away part of a song, not a hook. Not an important part of the song. The song's basically over itself. But for two or three minutes straight, he's deep into the persona where they're having this debate about music. And it's, like, fucking crazy. And it shows you how kind of, like, it just shows you how genius, like, the, I don't think hip-hop itself gets its flowers for just how imaginative it is. Like, oh, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to me just how meta and how nuts it is. And it's something where, if it, again, if it was the Beatles and fucking, you know, using tape machines and shit, we'd have fucking 18,000 books on it. But because it's hip-hop, we don't really have that deep dive that it deserves. Yeah, no, definitely. Cause, I mean, I, I think the even the idea of the Humpty Hump persona, I think, like, like I feel like I'm, I don't, I can't recall anybody who, who's doing something like that, that dual persona, like, this person is like super goofy, like whatever, like comedic, you know, persona. Um, I, I can't think of like, I feel like that was a first. Right. And, and, and like, you know, you've had like, I mean, like Madlib and Quasimodo and like some other things. And, you know, the comedic hip hop was like ludicrous, like that, like, you know, say like 15, 20 years later. Um, but yeah, no, it's just like really imaginative, innovative. Um, I know like he's did a lot of work behind the scenes too, working with Tupac and um that I'm sure he doesn't get a lot of credit for. Um, you Prince. know Prince. Yeah, Prince, he worked with Prince. Yeah. So uh yeah, I mean just like one of those people who's 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 definitely um just, you know, ahead of their time and yeah, it's great. It's, it's it's to me, like I said, like I I was I couldn't find the words earlier, but I was just kind of like, you know, it's one of those people, people where it's like, I'm probably going to miss, like, miss them more now that they're gone, right? And it's probably me, like, kicking myself a little bit just because I feel like, man, I should, like, really appreciate Shaq and what he brought to the game. Um, but I will now, you know, definitely. I'll, I'll yeah. definitely go back to that discography. Oh, you know, it's, like I said, Sex Packs, it still holds up. There's, there's still a lot of nuggets there. And, and, and like I said, it, it's, I just wish that, 
there was a space for us to kind of like again, like I said, hip hop is always focused on the new, 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 new. We, we kind of have to kind of like just kind of keep keep track of the old shit that kind of built that was built on it. And like I said, it's it's just kind of fascinating to see again these what maybe they were fucking teenagers. I'm mean, not teenagers. They were probably early twenties, but. It's like it's crazy to hear like that kind of musicality, that kind of smarts come out of just basically like a debut album and young artist. Like, you know, yeah. it's 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 kinda of cool yeah. to kinda of see that kind of like, you know, and then the kind of impact that he had had. So, you know, so, you know, pro- like I said, it's rest in peace. It's like it kinda of sucks on my end because it's like like I said, it's I didn't realize how much of an impact it was until he was gone. I didn't give him his flowers when when I should have. And like, you know, I'm gonna try to work, yeah. work for that in the next couple of weeks and like, you know, hopefully the rest of my life. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna teach the, I'm gonna teach the young kids. About that shock G Humpty Hump dance, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yo, so side note, like um, we were just talking before the podcast about the the whole nose thing, and I thought I thought the nose thing was kind of real. I, I figured like it was like real, and then you got like plastic surgery, because you know? <laughs> like that was a rumor back in the day. It's like yo, like he was cooking, and he tripped, and he like fell on the stove, <laughs> bro, and burned he- his nose. <laughs> But like he was committed. This wasn't like on some like like persona on wax. I'll just pitch up my voice. My man has promo pictures with both of them together. There have been shows where they've been on stage, quote unquote, together. Like he they he was committed. So it's kind of funny where you kind of hear the idea of Doom wanted to have those Doom bots, but like he was doing that first where. Technically, if there was a possibility, you could have seen Shock G and Humpty Hump in the same space. So you were not the only one fooled. That's how committed to the bit he was. And that's, like I said, it's awesome because, like, at that time, you didn't have to do that. That was some new, crazy-ass shit. There wasn't really anything before that. They didn't take that from hip-hop. They didn't take that from fucking... I mean, take take that from hip-hop. They didn't take that from fucking R&B. They didn't take that from rock music. Like, that was some literally, like like crazy like middle of the night like genius ass idea and like people have done that since you ever even from things like the Wu Gambinos but the idea of making a persona that's a whole different person literally is fucking great so like you know yeah. definitely missed definitely fucking influential definitely left their mark and like you know like I said if, if you young kids out there haven't really don't know anything outside of the fucking Humpty Dance definitely check out Sex Packets it's a great fucking record definitely definitely and uh what else is there? Because I feel like we're it's it's all it's all sadness. Uh, we have one positive, I guess, semi-positive news. South by Southwest looks like has some new cash. We might be out there walking on top of each other in 2022, all vaxxed up. You know, what I'm saying, throwing up in the corner, Vax enjoying our wax. free alcohol provided by sponsored by Toyota or Doritos. <laughs> Yo, that Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of, of South by Doritos and Lady Gaga. That was, that's when you know it was dead. That's good though. That the, if you have to, if you have to end up a note, it's end, end, on, end on a note of pure anarchy, in my opinion. So props, props to Lady Gaga and Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it, 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 it seems like South by is coming back, but they're coming back with like, is it like private equity or, or what? What like? Uh, yeah, it's rich guy money. Yeah, it's like like they got a lifeline, um, which is great because I, I do know that. I mean, look, you know, like their bread and butter is like m- people meeting face to face, shaking hands, being all up on each other, like, you know, making love. Like that's a whole thing. That's their bread and brother. So, you know, that's been knack- like acts for the past two years. They had a virtual conference this year. 
nobody like crickets man i forgot what was happening like there you haven't no, heard anything from it either yeah no news no announcements you know no nothing right so they gotta make this work and i you know i guess they gotta take that 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 devil's money and make it happen um but it, it is what it is like 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 this is their bread and butter it's like people meeting in person so you know more power to them i guess <laughs> Yeah, I'm hoping, and it sucks because like I wish I kind of paid more attention to it because I want to support. I do like the fact that a lot of things are virtual. I felt like uh, I just wish it wasn't obviously solely virtual, but I I wasn't mad on paper having more of these kind of events be like widely spread. As as you know, and we've we've been there. It's, a lot of it was very a little bit too industry. Like yeah. I don't really think you need to have a crazy like again. I love Toro Imoa. I shouldn't need to have crazy pull to go see Toro Imoa. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. it's 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 something where at the end of the day you have these artists that want to play for people, want to be discovered. So I think that having an online component is a good thing. I'm hoping as we kind of move away into live spaces that that'll still remain. I think it's great because fucking. You know, to a certain extent, like, you know, again, me and Stone are ballers. We're out here in Ayash chilling. So to take the private jet out to fucking Austin, you know, for a little tete-a-tete, it's just just business as usual for us. Easy, easy. But if you're a young, struggling musician and you want to get inspired, if you're a young fan and you want to see your favorite bands, it's a little cost prohibitive. So it'd be nice if there was an alternate way to kind of see that, you know. And and I'm hoping that, you know, as South by Southwest kind of transitions into more of an in-person thing, you know, and I definitely understand you have to sell those badges, you want to sell those tickets. I'm hoping that there's still a component there where it's not just solely in person too. Like I think it'd be, it would serve them well to kind of make it available for everybody. Obviously not all the programming, I can imagine problems with that. But I think if, you know, there's no, there's no reason to have a, a like an indie act showcase suddenly be like fucking badge only that only a whole bunch of jaded ass, you know, music journalists are going to go visit. Fuck that shit. Yeah. And, and like, that's like, it's, I don't know. I, I, I'm always like torn about South by because I, I, I do love it. And I, I, I loved it till I hated it. And I didn't go for like five years and I went and I realized why I love it again. Just like bumping into people from, like I haven't seen in forever who live in LA. Who I'm just not going to see like, you know, in any other space. Right. Like those things I do like about South by, but you're right, man. It's cost prohibitive. You know, Austin is expensive as fuck now. So it's it's not even like the cool kids now. It's very much tech bros, industry bros, Bitcoin bros, right? So it's very much um, uh, you have to be of privilege to go down the South by. Um, so, yeah, I do hope they, they kind of have some type of virtual component. Um, I know that Live Live Nation is equipping all of their venues um, with like uh, you know virt- like virtual streaming, um, so I think that it's going to kind of be the norm for the industry. And you know I don't like Live Nation, but you know they're the biggest venue operator in the country, so I, you know it's really interesting that they're saying, "Hey, we're we're seeing that like you know like a, a typical concert is going to sell out. A Kendrick Lamar concert is going to sell out in five minutes, right? But you can get make extra bread by like selling like the virtual rights to that concert, right? Like like you're already going to be capped out at like whatever with the you know fifteen thousand whatever the venue holds, but you can get another extra five ten thousand people virtually and and charge overcharge them. You know, because <laughs> you want to overcharge them um, and make extra bread. So it makes sense from a finance perspective, too. 
um, to to kind of have this. So we'll see. I mean, I, I probably will be at South by 2022 because I'm a sucker. Um, Same here. I love getting I, I love getting recognized on the streets of Austin. Like it's it's it, it is a high, and I I I I've, I am of privilege, so I'll pay for that high. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, you know, once 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 we we were able to get back together again. So yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, what's next? Next is new music. New music. All right. Uh, I've got two records I've been listening to a lot this week. I'll get into the first one. This is a band I've met once in the podcast. Basically, it's a hardcore punk rock performing arts project, performance art project, I guess. Um, long story short, they're a band, I should say collective. Um, the members aren't really known per se. Any press they do, any pictures they do, it's all fake. If you go to the Facebook pictures, it's kind of hilarious because you'll have pictures from like five years ago where it's like me and Ted having a pizza. But then, you know, Ted is not in the band like three pictures later, you know. So it's basically been this kind of ongoing thing. The rumor is basically it's a a studio project of uh, there's a very popular producer called Kurt Balow um, from the band Converge. Um, It just so lines up that a lot of their releases tend to have you know, drummers that happen to be bands he tends to be recording at that time who have albums coming out, you know, mm. quote unquote. Um, their earlier records are definitely more traditional hardcore, you know, very good records, don't get me wrong. But uh, their last record, um, Only Love, was a game changer in my opinion. Basically, their current manifesto started from there with the fact of where, we you know, we love the genre, we love punk music, but it's still, it's the same fucking yeah. riffs, same guitar, drum combo, so and that record it sounded like basically you know it's 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 just expansive where they threw a lot of indie rock in there a lot of synths a lot of things happening sonically um the the backbone was still always going to be punk music it's you know you could just tell that day like all right cool we've we've got this crazy hardcore riff it sounds it's very head naughty what do we do to kind of make it not just like generic so you know they would have a lot of fucking crazy synths a lot of clean singing a lot of cool like rhythm changes. So you can see them kind of trying to push against a genre where, you know, for a genre that's really known as basically being all bros in black shirts, hitting each other and fucking peacocking, it was very wide and expansive. And even so that in the videos where the videos were just all these weird nebbish looking like art school kids basically, who they definitely (laughs) most likely aren't, at least in their sound. But you can see them saying, hey, it doesn't have to be this angry ass music this whole time. Yeah. They dropped a new record um new record is called ultra pop uh and it kind of is ultra pop so going back to that record previous record it felt like you know guys sat down there guitar based music had some riffs they were like all right we've got these riffs how do we build it into something better something different with this record it kind of really isn't that riffy there's definitely guitar elements you definitely have the basics guitar drum bass vocals but it's almost as if and this is going to sound interesting it reminds me a lot of like sophie um, mm. Charlie XCX, oh, um, PC Music, 100 Gex, where it's less about fucking, all right, here's a cool melody line, which obviously it still does. It's, this is still pop music. Yeah. But like, all right, we've got, this, we've got this melody. What can we do to fuck it up? So unlike previous records where it's like, all right, cool, we've got this fucking Slayer riff or we've got this fucking mean sounding fucking Deftones riff. Here, it's almost like, okay, cool. You know, here's an Arcade Fire fucking guitar line. And instead of kind of like, you know, maybe putting distortion on it, 
it's just like layer and layer and layer of fucking synthesizers and fucking a thousand guitars. You know, when it's vocals, it's not just one vocal. It sounds like there's 20 guys singing, a lot of call and response. It's just the idea of where, as opposed to kind of approaching guitar music from, let's say, like, you know, here's, here's, the, here's the blues riff using this, these notes we've been using forever, ever. They instead kind of like just approach it from a sonic way where it's just layered sound on top of layered sound. Almost like Phil Spector, but if he was a punk. Mm. So it's a it's a really cool record. Um, ironically enough, speaking of guitar music, Queens of the Stone Age members make a guest appearance on this. Even though they're very, again, it's so heavy, they're in the mix. And um, so you can't necessarily tell except for the last song, which has Mark Lanigan, who's from the Screaming Trees. He's, very, he's got a very gravelly voice. Mm-hmm. So he kind of pops up in the mix. But for the most part, it's it's a great little record. It's it's like again, it's it's a little hard to out really recommend per se if you're not used to the genre because at least the previous record was still based in guitar music. So if you're like you know if you're like a little if if you're a kid who was moshing around in the mosh pit you know in the in the Limp Bizkit era, if you've got your little you know old school fucking you know bad brains T-shirt, it was kind of easy for you to kind of understand. This one's a little bit more experimental just by the fact of where. They reach those same levels of heaviness, both out like easy guitar riffs. It's more like just layers and layers of sounds, but it's still a fun record. And I, and I could tell because a lot of the, the cats I listen to who really aren't hardcore cats, um, musicians, they were like, oh, this is a really cool sounding record. And it kind of props to them for kind of doing that. Mm. So that's that's my, my my first new music choice. Word, word. Um, yeah, so for me, you know, this uh, the algorithm fed me uh, a track um, from LaRue. And Ooh. I was like, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Um, and Larue is was an artist that came of age, I guess, uh, like ten years ago when everybody was doing like crazy hipster shit. Um, you know, her kind of mix is like '80s, like kind of like electro pop in a weird way, and became, I would say, fairly popular. I remember seeing her live, and she was like sold out, nine thirty club, you know. Um, it had a very like kind of diverse audience too. Like um, a lot of like uh, you know, she was on Dark Twisted Fantasy. Um, she was on Watch the Throne. So she, like you know, kind of had this hip hop weird hip hop crossover like hook girl moment as well, which is really interesting uh, for like a very petite white British woman. Um, <laughs> And I know she like put out like a third, a second album, follow up album. I think like a few years later, which you know like a lot of follow up albums just you know aren't isn't as good as like the the de- the debut. Um, and then she disappeared. And I remember like she started popping up and doing press last year. Um, just and you know she kind of it's kind of like the I guess same old same old story being in the music industry. Definitely, definitely as a female, um, you know, lots of creative differences with the label, with the production staff, like production staff always hiring these dudes and like her kind of like, you know, like a lot of butting heads. And, you know, that second album, I think, I think was maybe more popular, but probably was not as well, critically well received. And I think she kind of just got disillusioned with the industry. Um, And... Uh, I, I saw a couple articles pop up last year, and I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Um, but I didn't know she dropped an album. She dropped an album, like, February last year, right before quarantine and uh, lockdown. And she was like, she's going to do, like, a, a whole tour. Like, she's going to have do a whole uh, rollout. It was going to be her comeback, you know. And, you know, COVID happened. 
and you know they dropped it but i don't think it made the impact as it would if she had like a world tour or whatever um and the reason why i found out about this album is the algorithm like um uh, there's a, a Tyler the Creator mix remix of one of her tracks, and I was like, "Oh wow, oh, snap! Like this this remix is hot." And I'm like, "Larue, like what?" And I like click through and like saw she had an album. Um, you know, the album itself is the the knock from Pitchfork is that it's it's repetitive, which is true. It's kind of repetitive. It's kind of like it's very synthy, but it's you know it's kind of the same like synth riffs over and over and over again. So. I, I will say it's kind of it is a, a bit repetitive but if you like the first album I think you will like this album which is her third album just because it's really interesting the first album was very heavy 80 synth and like this album is the same synths but like updated and it sounds like it's from 2021 right <laughs> as a weird thing Unless you hear the albums back to back, you you'll notice like you know it's the, it's the same shit, but it's just updated. It sounds like it's modern. Um, so instead of like on the keyboard, like synth number eighty three, it's synth number ninety one, right? But it's the same chords. <laughs> but uh, I guess that's commendable, right? Like, and it's really something where, especially when you get these artists that try to make these that, that retro music, it's hard for them to break out of that box. And I feel like on a production level, it's it's still kind of like the same like retro cues, but just updated to 2020, 2021 in terms of like just like the production style, the crispness, like things like that, um, which is really cool. Um, and it's a vibe. You know, I, 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 was, I drove to the beach listening to this album and I'm like, yo, this is this is like roll down your windows, go to the beach like you know type of album it's, it's definitely a vibe it's definitely still on that that kind of like cool kind of dance pop level um it, it's probably not the best album um but again you know we're we're in the generation where you pick like your five songs um and let it rock and there's a solid five on this so uh yeah no it's it's enjoyable and i'm i'm, I'm glad uh, larue is back you know like i said she has some some issues in terms of like um, the industry, you know, industry rule, like, you know, 5,040, whatever. So I'm glad <laughs> that she's back. It sucks that she tried to come back in COVID, but it will be great to kind of like uh, have the success story in 2021. We'll see. Awesome. 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 Um, so for me, I want to try to sneak this one in. Uh, long story short, uh, Danny Brown has the Bruiser Brigade. He's been picking up for a minute. He's had a couple of artists that come out, came out of there. I know Dopehead is one, which I liked a lot. Um, about a couple of weeks ago, this guy came out called Bruiser Wolf. Um, dope game, stupid. And it's a fantastic record, and I'll tell you why. So, long story short, you've got this guy from Detroit who's, I'm going to say, maybe is in his 30s, possibly even in his 20s, but definitely gives you that, like, 65-year-old barbershop old head vibe. Mm. Uh, this is a dude where he wears his, you know, he wears a short-sleeve fucking button-down untucked. Like, that's his that's his whole, and, and, and a boxer hat, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's his whole steez. Rap-wise, it's a, a lot like Sugar Free, a lot like E-40. Um... The rap is very conversational, very funny, very punchlines. Um, the record is produced 
almost uh, like 90% by one guy named Rafi. Um, Knowledge produces the last track. Mm. Um, it's just a great record, and I'll, I'll tell you why. So long story short, Bruiser Wolf kind of wraps in perspective of, like I said, it's, it's a lot of comedy, a lot of, if you like your one-liners, your punchlines, is definitely there. It's very offbeat, but in a conversation-type flow almost, where everything kind of hits. But it's also kind of unique in its perspective. And I can describe it to you as it's like, imagine you're like, like you're not in the corner per se, <laughs> you're in the house, but you're like, but you aren't the main dude in the house, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah, like, yeah. it's like you're kind of there, it's just like you kind of served your time. Middle management drug dealing, basically. <laughs> <laughs> It's, 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 and, that, and that's the only way I could describe it to you. Like, and it's literally, he has a song called Middleman, and, it, and it's like, a dope fiend's my best friend. And it's so, like, it's, it's just a really unique take on, like, living in, like, like a big city. And, it's, and like I said, it's funny, it's, and, it, and it's fantastic. And it's, and it's something where it could easily be a parody, but it doesn't. Like, the, like the, last, the last song is literally called Mama Was a Dope Fiend. And it's a dead up serious story about his life and his brother living with a mother who's a drug addict. Mm. So it's got this weird angle of where it's it's self-deprecating, but not but not like it's it's just it's just weirdly real. And it's kinda like you're in a place where like, you know, not to be funny, is that we're we're in the era of hip hop where, you know, it's it's still the same SoundCloud era where a couple of dudes who originally had like this like pathos, this like pain, and these 808s are kind of doing it. We're kind of in autopilot where you know you've got these actors basically from Hollywood with face tattoos talking about me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we're kind of in the space of where like it's kind of the same old same old as far as it's concerned. It's kind of cool to kind of hear a dude kind of come from an emotional place. But a mostly funny place, and also it's kind of cool to hear like like and bringing it back to sh- like like let's say a Shock G, like 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 a sense of humor in hip hop where like even though he's speaking about real shit, he's not speaking about real shit where it's not just the downer shit. Even if it's about real shit, he's not saying it as if it's a positive. He's just kind of speaking like like a every man kind of like this is what my life kind of is, and it, and it's a great record. I don't think it's on streaming per se. I think it's still only on Bandcamp. I would All highly right. recommend you listen to it. Just cause it's something new and different, like and, yeah. and again, it might take a little different. I could, I know you probably have some purists there listening on some like, yo, this is not the boom bat shit I expected, but there's a lot of great little gems there, a lot of funny lines, and like I said, he's got a really cool, unique perspective. It's something where I would love to hear him kind of pop up in more places because he's got talents. So I'm hoping that, uh, like you know, I'm hoping that somehow again, I just say Danny Brown's a slouch in any kind of way, but. He's definitely somebody where I can imagine him hooking up with like an E40. Mm. I can imagine him hooking up with some some West Coast cats. I can imagine him hooking up with like some like some of the some of the weirdo kind of characters out there and kind of murking it. Like for some reason, even though they're diametrically opposed as far as the rap spectrum, I can imagine him and Earl Sweatshirt kind of looking up and doing some crazy ass shit. And you have knowledge, so like, yeah. and that kind of shows you. Whereas it's like wow. there's a weird, even though it's like like I said, the perspective is very like old heady. It's he does it in such a unique, cool way where, like, like I said, it's it's uh, like only the best for that dude. So I'm very excited for to have like a rapper like that come into the game. And like I said, it's it's a very like like you might not like it, but I guarantee you it's some different shit. So definitely give that a listen, guys, that's guys and girls. That's, yeah, what's that's what's up. Cool, you know, cool. So, uh, so that's it. So uh, me and Stone gonna go back, you know, and embrace our capitalism. You know, chill, 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 kick back, and you know, count the cashes that we're getting from the governments. You know, what I'm saying stunk life. Stunk like, you know, our PPP loans, you know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> we got that PPP <laughs> like racket going. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna create real. those fake companies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, LLCs. Uh, you know, if, if I got I got all the LLCs, all the shelf companies. Y'all need me? I'll give you I'll, I'll give you three or four. You know what I'm saying? A thousand dollars a pop. You know what I'm saying? Get on this level. <laughs> we run the state of Delaware. That's what all our LLCs are. <laughs> only only real heads know. If you know, you know. <laughs> Shouts to Newark, Delaware. <laughs> If you know, you know. <laughs> Wilmington gang in the house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Me and Biden out there kicking it out. You know what I'm saying? Me and Hunter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> certificates everywhere. Y'all throwing dolls out in the club? I'm throwing out certificates, baby, of incorporation. You know what I'm saying? That's long money. Y'all don't know about that. You know what I'm saying? Y'all don't know. Y'all don't know the way the game really works. You know what I'm saying? Open your third capitalistic eye. You know what I'm saying? Get on this level. Oh man! <sighs> but on oh. that note, as you know, we all love y'all. Thank you for listening. If y'all haven't gotten that vax, get vaxxed. Get that vax. I'm gonna chase after you with a needle. I guess that's that sounds I mean, creepy. If, if like, that's yes, what happens, right in my that, head. If that's what we, we gotta you do, might have let's, to get, let's do it. You might have to get. You ready for this? Ready for this awesome pun? You might have to get stuck up. That's right. Scholastic, Ooh. scholastic Ooh. books in the house. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. Ooh, that's that, that's why I'm that's why I'm not a rapper, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Just witless bars. But anyway, like, like I said, we love y'all. Stay safe. Get vaxxed and peace. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>